in to another edition of the Two Bros Pocket Sports Podcast. You had a phenomenal slate of college football games that we will recap here for you today. The NBA season has officially started, and we do have some postseason baseball to go through as well. So we'll get a lot done today. We'll uh, hit three of the major sports groups, but uh, like last week, we'll start we'll start our show today with the Clown Club nominations. So let's go ahead. We'll cue the circus music here. Thank you. Uh, best producer in the game we got here. Uh, <laughs> Sergeant's music going. So, my first nomination is uh, Josh Naylor. Josh Naylor, the Cleveland Indians, hit a solo home run in the fourth inning of uh, ALCS Game 4. And as going around the bases, he does the rocking the baby. Uh, rocks the baby on Garrett Cole. Uh, basically tell him that he's bigger than him. Blah, blah, blah. Well, Josh Naylor, one, you're still losing after that home run. And two, you ended up losing the game, and then you end up losing the series. So, not a good look for Josh Naylor there. You are a uh, member of the Clown Club, for sure. Um, not something you want to do if you aren't going to close out the deal. I disagree. <clears throat> Have some fun with it. The nope. Baseball, you cannot taunt. You cannot do anything in baseball that is not... There's so many unwritten rules. Have some fun. You might have some viewers eventually if you keep this up. I, I, I liked I liked it, you know. And you know what? He took a he took a ribbon today from it from all the fans. And after Glaber Torres got the final out today, he rocked the baby to taunt him. Stupid. Great. I, I I'm, I'm cool with it. Rocking the that's baby fine. is one of the dumbest celebrations in sports. Well, that's uh, because it's invented I think by if, Ru- I think if you are going to do it, you have to be able to back it up, and they didn't back it up for him. So I think it was dumb. I think he's worthy of his Clown Club nomination. And uh, next year, when he gets in the box against Garrett Cole, expect something in the back, because it's coming. He'll probably be a Yankee next year, so... What? Why not? I mean, they pay everybody else. You might as well just Josh be a Naylor. He'll probably. He'll have probably you even heard of him before today. Yeah. He'll, he, yeah. He'll probably be a Yankee. No. They're gonna trade for him. No. He'll probably. That's the dumb. That, that, that's clown club nomination right there. Worthy that team. No, that's Yankees. Um, they're clowns. No, that's Michael being a clown. Uh, second here, the second clown club nomination I have is just the MLB and Rob Manfred in general. Uh, so one, the game that you can't taunt. No, the, oh, okay. the, the game yesterday was, was scheduled. Yeah. Yankee Stadium doesn't have a roof. No. That's, I mean, MLB should put on a thing, but by 2030, just like how California says, you know, we have to have electric cars or whatever, MLB should put one out that you need to have a freaking roof, because that's embarrassing. Two games in this division series got rained out and has pushed everything back. I mean, the NLCS is starting tonight yeah. uh, when the AL, the AL division series hadn't even concluded. <coughs> but um, they... Gave an update at 6 o'clock saying we're going to try to start at 7.30 and they didn't give another update to the fans until about 8.45, 9 o'clock that the game was canceled. That's not a good way to treat your fans. Uh, it's, not, it's not a good look for you. I mean, that's basically like if you're calling a company and you're put on a hold and you get the estimated wait time, 20 minutes, and you're there for three hours. I mean, the MLB has proven time and time again that they just, Rob Manfred doesn't get it. He's a business guy. He wants to make his money. He's trying to slash... Uh, you know, minor league baseball teams. Rob Manfred, you are probably the president of the commissioner of the Clown Club, in my opinion. But are they really making money? Are they really, you know what I mean? Like, the Yankees are the the, the most, they're, they're probably in the top five of the, the most wealthiest franchises, right? And you can't pay for a roof? You can't pay for a roof? What, what We did the stat the other day, there was, what, seven teams? In the in the league that had it out yeah, of there, off the top of our head, yeah, yeah. Of. So 
probably at worst 10, so 30, 30% um, have roofs. You know? And then you push the season back because you couldn't have uh, you couldn't you couldn't have the season start in time because the guys were striking that you push the season back We're gonna be playing postseason in November What do you expect? There's gonna be snow in some of these games uh, I, I think the I think the biggest problem is that obviously these stadiums are built already It's, it's hard to just add a roof to it But if, if you're building a new stadium like the Braves built a new stadium a couple of years ago Why are you not just putting a roof on it? Who cares if, if you don't really use it that much? You're guaranteeing baseball. You, when you, you need it. When is when is Yankee Stadium? When when was the most recent Yankee Stadium? Like 2008, 2009. Okay, but so that is. But so that Bruce is, weren't popular then. So Bruce that is still the only after. team. But that, they were still the only team who ever did it. Well, I get it, but you know what? It was. They've, they've become popular the last five, ten years. It still makes sense to do it, does it not? It, it makes sense to do it, especially if you're a team that's consistently in the postseason like the Yankees. That you would want to be able to have some games, like you know you're going to get some weather in the Northeast in October. It just it doesn't make any sense, but you know that's that's baseball to a team. So I think Michael's still just a little triggered because our fall softball league still playing is going to be oh in November. So don't, I think he's a little triggered there. Dude, uh, he's just, ready to be done. Uh, he, he's man. ready to be done come pretty much July. So uh, yeah, Michael's a little triggered that we're still playing softball, but he did say yes. He didn't. He didn't have to say yes. He could have said nope. I'm out for fall. Have good luck, guys. But he is in and he is dreading it. Well, it just it just doesn't make any sense. So uh, I have one for the clown club. Uh, Robbie Anderson. Okay, we all saw what happened. Um, he got into an argument with his coach. Now he got what he wanted eventually. Well, right, but I think there's a time and a place for it. Is there not? Well, was Antonio Brown or Robbie Anderson worse? Well, Robbie Anderson was told to leave. <laughs> Antonio Brown took just, his shoulder just, pads off. Just <laughs> fucking did his thing. Um, so I'm I'm going with. Robbie Anderson's escalated to where his employer said you will go, and then he was also traded the next day. Now, granted, if if you want to say, I mean, say he Ant was on the trade block before, so he wasn't just traded. Because and of his Antonio argument. Brown was basically cut in the press conference after, so I'm I'm still going with with Robbie Anderson was was a worse look because it didn't happen once. It was a multiple, there was at least two, possibly three different instances, and then it looked like he got into uh, a bit of a um, shouting match with a, with both coaches, his, I believe his receivers coach and his head coach at the time, who is an interim head coach. It's looking good, and it's looking good in Carolina I mean, right now. Steve Wilkes isn't going to be there. Just, just, he's there for 13 games. Just go get, gone. you know, you um, trade for Baker, that... We knew this was going to happen. We knew the Panthers were going to be terrible this year. Now Christian McCaffrey's on the trading block. He but, won't get traded. Well, he's on the block, but it's not going to happen. It was not a good look for Robbie Anderson. Not a good look. Yeah, uh, we said Rob Manfred's probably the commissioner of the Clown Club. Uh, Antonio Brown's probably the logo of the Clown Club. All, all the stuff he goes. we could sure. that, that could probably be a whole episode of all the sure. dumb things that he has done. But uh, sure. Robbie Anderson, welcome, welcome to the Clown Club. Welcome. Uh, so moving on here, we will go ahead and we'll move right into baseball. Uh, baseball, like we said today, the ALDS officially wrapped up today. Uh, we have the Yankees and we have the Astros in the ALCS. Uh, the Astros were 
My pick to win the American League, they just look really good. They had an absolute marathon of a game on uh, Saturday. 18 innings, I believe it was. 0-0 uh, ball, ended up winning 1-0 over Seattle. Seattle, we talked about how we wanted to get the environment. It delivered. Seattle was a it cool did. It was cool to it see did. the playoffs there, but... Man, baseball, I don't know why you guys get rid of the ghost runner in the postseason. What, what would that stadium have done if they scored a run? What would they have done? Like, they were already bizarre. What, what would they have done? Uh, as you were over on Saturday and were playing cards with the, with, the, with the wife and the girlfriend, there was a point where I turned the game off and I said I was done. At what point, what inning was that when I said I had about enough? Probably the 14th. I think it was the 11th. It was the 11th. It, we, it was bad. We were still upstairs in the 11th. It was bad. <clears throat> I just, I don't understand. It's a hard watch. I, I get that, you know, postseason is supposed to be, you know, it, it, you want to give it everything. You want to build up yeah. all the hype that you can. But the Ghost Runners, are fun, I think it's a fun thing for baseball just because it adds it a little adds, bit of strategy. You would say it's action. It's especially in a 0-0 game. Now, let's say that's a, a, a 10 10 game or even a 7-7 game, you probably don't need the ghost runner. You know, I mean, you're still going to have it. You can't choose just it. Throw, just throw it out there. Well, I get it. I get it. But what I'm saying is 7-7 game, you've seen enough action in the game that it's not warranted. When it's a 0-0 game in the 18th... Put the runner on third. Put, yes. Some, please. Give them six outs. I don't know. Give them something <clears throat> because that was a tough watch. Yeah, so the Astros do what the Astros do. They move on. This is their sixth straight ALCS, I believe. That is impressive. Uh, but they just did. They flew under the radar all year. You know, the Yankees got all the talk with Aaron Judge. And then, uh, you know, the Mariners were a good story. The Guardians were a good story being the youngest team in baseball. But the Astros did what they did. I think they beat the Yankees in five, maybe even, I don't say it's a sweep, but I think they win in five, possibly goes to six. But I think this Astros team is just better in, you know, pitching depth, hitting. I, I the Yankees are so just big in the long ball. They might have a game where they score seven yeah. runs because they hit a couple home I, runs. I, I think the say, Astros are just a better I want to say there was a stat I heard that the Yankees hit 182 in this series against the Guardians, but they hit nine home runs. Yeah. I mean, Harrison Bader had three, I believe, off the top of my head. And they hit a three-run uh, thing in it today. Yep, Stan had one today. Judge hit a home run today. So, I mean, the Yankees are just there 100% locked in on the long ball, and if they don't hit long balls, they're in trouble. But I think that, you know, Cortez is a good pitcher for the Yankees. Garrett Cole, you never know what you're going to get. You're either going to get seven innings of one-hit ball, or you're going to get three innings of seven-run ball. You, you just don't know. Sure. Um, he misses the spider tack. But uh, I'm going to take the Astros in this one. I think they're just a better all-around team. Uh, we've talked about Jordan Alvarez, but then they got guys like Kyle Tucker, Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, all guys who've been there before. Um, I think Dusty Baker, this might be his year to, uh, to finally get that World Series. I wanna, the I the hunk of metal, as I Rob Manfred. I want to see Dusty. Um, refers to it. Yeah, I want to see Dusty <coughs> get one. So that, that's who I want left over right now out of, the, out of all the teams. Obviously, you can't root for the Yankees. You know how I feel about the New York media. Um, and, and I definitely um, don't like either of those NL teams that are left over. Yeah, we'll move in here to the NL. We have both the wildcard teams left. Uh, the 111-win Dodgers uh, lost in they lost in four games, right? Four. Four games to the Padres. The Padres were playing red-hot baseball. Uh, then the Phillies took care of the defending world champions, the Braves, in four, I believe, too. Yeah. Uh, both teams just coming in really hot. And like we talked about earlier, the Phillies kind of slumped their way in. The Padres were slumping for a while, but then got hot towards the end of the year. But 
two teams with really good hitting lineups and good enough pitching that you, you could definitely say that this was something you could see at the start of the year. Yeah. Um, but I think this is good for baseball. It's something different. The only thing that it's really brought up is that you know you have a team that wins 111 games, doesn't get that out of the DS. It's brought up a lot of controversy whether you think the, the postseason format should be changed or not. You know, Should it go to seven games in the DS or something like that? I think you win 111 games, you should be able to figure out how to win five games. Yeah, I mean, three, yeah, I, I think the I think yeah, the biggest controversy games, is yeah. that both these teams had a bye, so you know they might have came out a little stale, uh, and then they lose. So, I yeah. mean, do you think this is something that should be changed? Do you think that this is something that is good? This is the first year of it, obviously, but what what do you think? I mean, the Astros and the Yankees both won their series, and they both had buys. Um, you know, <coughs> honestly, what I think the it has a little bit to do with it is the fact that the Dodgers and the Braves were not playing, uh, I want to say competitive baseball, because they had, but they their, their, their backs weren't to the wall really ever at any point during this year. When you jump out to the lead that the Dodgers had in their division, and then the Braves, the way they turned it on, I mean, yeah, they were trying to chase down the Mets. Yeah, but they were like 73 and 30 over it, their last exactly, 100 games. It was exactly. Exactly. So... Sometimes that that's not a good formula, and especially in baseball when it's so momentum based and so it's, the sport is so streaky that you know. And how about the fact that um, when we first started the pod, we were talking how good the NL baseball was going to be? It was Dodgers, Mets, Cardinals, Braves. Those were the four teams we were going to see that. Um, at least a combination of that, and all four teams are out, and neither none of them made it to the NLCS. I mean, with the way these two wildcard teams are playing, you can't be surprised. I mean, they're, the one thing we said about the Dodgers, we said other than their top three hitters, they're streaky, and we said their bullpen wasn't as good, and that's what hurt them in this series was their bullpen. And yeah. Kershaw kind of looked like Kershaw has in the postseason other than the one World Series title where he just hasn't had his great best stuff. Um, and then the Dodgers bullpen just really struggled. So sure. it, it, it wasn't something that we, you know, just came out of the blue. We saw that this could put, potentially happen. Um, I, just, I just think with the Phillies, you know, them not being there for 11 years or the longest drought other than the Mariners, they came in with so much fire. They were playing with their, you know, with their hair on fire. And then the Dodgers kind of like, yeah, this is just kind of an every year thing for us. But, I mean, the Dodgers, you got to look at them, or, you know, with, with all the money and the resources that they had and the great farm system they have. I mean, they have the best farm system in baseball. They consistently find guys. Yeah. Um, you know, are, are, are they kind of failing? Do you think this is a Dave Roberts issue? Do I think this is just players. I was just going to say, is this an axe alert? Are no. we putting Dave no. Roberts? Uh, there is talk about Dave Roberts. Listen, five years, he's he's been the tops. He's made it to the playoffs all five years. He's won it one of those five years. And the one year they won it was the COVID year, when it was a shortened season. <clears throat> and they've been to it, what, three times? They've lost two World Series, I believe? I, I believe so. But at some point, what, what you're saying is not clicking. I think it's a Dave Roberts thing. You ha like, you have everything else. It's, it's, not the, it's not the roster, right? We know it's, we know it's a, a, a top-tier roster. It's, it's not the farm system. We know they have that so they can get whatever they want, whether it be trades or signing players. What is it? Is it I, Dave Roberts? I don't think it's Dave Roberts. I think it, 
you know, it's, it's very hard to argue that it's Dave Roberts winning 100-plus games. I think it really just comes down to these okay. players. No, just, like, just hear me. The, these players like Clayton Kershaw and Freddie Freeman struggled this postseason, and Justin Turner has struggled in the postseason at times, and, you know, Chris Taylor even struggled this postseason. It's these guys not performing in the postseason when they need it most. I mean, Clayton Kershaw is historically bad in the postseason. Regular yeah. season, he's probably a top 15 pitcher of all time. Sure. I think it really just comes down to these players not performing. I don't think it's Dave Roberts. I mean, the, the dude won, wins 100 games every year. He does. But the, the, the thing is, is we're not talking about regular season Dave Roberts. We're talking about postseason Dave Roberts. But is it his fault when his, his bullpen guys go up there and get shelled? Is okay, it his fault? so there was a there was a Because I didn't see the game. But they were telling, they were saying that Dave Roberts... Um, when they're when they're playing against the Padres in Game Four, he brings in or sorry, he has somebody start the at bat, throws a ball. His starter throws a ball, brings in somebody, brings in a bullpen after the count has already started, and they end up getting a hit off of them. It, what what was the reason for that? When do you see that? When do you see somebody th- start an in, start an at bat? Throw a pitch, throw a ball, and then make a change right then. Now you're putting that new pitcher out of the bullpen under fire because he's already behind in the count. Like, it, you, why would you do that? Nobody ever does that. I think it's Dave Roberts. He's making bad decisions. He's pressing buttons way too early. He, he's, he's panicking when he gets in postseason. I mean, I'll, I'll agree to, we'll agree to disagree on this one. I think Dave Roberts is... He's not the problem. I think it just comes down to players performing at the end. And for whatever reason in L.A., they just they haven't really figured it out other than the COVID year. But, um, I mean, he's going to get another chance. He's not getting fired this year. I'm not putting Dave Robert on axe alert. You know, maybe next year if they struggle, uh, you know. But the Dodgers are the Dodgers. They're probably going to go out and spend and buy a new pitcher. And there's been a lot of weird things happening to the Dodgers. Obviously, the Trevor Bauer thing, they put a lot of money into him. He was one of the best pitchers in the game. Then he got himself in trouble. So, yeah. It's Dustin May was another guy who who's been a good young pitcher. He was basically hurt all year, so just some Walker Buehler. Walker yeah, Buehler getting yeah. hurt really, really hurt them. He, he, um, yeah, that's he, a good point as well. He's so. a top top tier. I I get it. I get it. Injuries, you know, all those things. And, and there's something about regular season Dodgers, and then they, they it's it's almost like they just hit the panic mode really quick. Um, and that's how postseason is, right? You're down two nothing in the fourth inning in the postseason, and you're thinking about it's a, a lot loss. Of, it's a lot. But different. if you're down two nothing in a regular season game, you've got so many other games where you know you can come back in that game. It, it it's a different mindset. When I was listening to the radio the other day, and somebody I, I don't even remember who it was, but they made a really good point. Is is there any like bigger jump from regular season to postseason in sports than there is in baseball? It, it just seems like everything in baseball, when it comes to postseason, is just magnified because there's so like there's NBA, just so NBA many playoffs. so many less like opportunities in games. But the, I I think with baseball, everything is magnified the most out of all the sports. I do. I, see, I, I think you could say the same thing with basketball. When you talk about when you talk about um, college basketball, when we're watching our Duke games, right, and and Duke is down eight ten points with probably six minutes to go in the first half you're really not too worried about it but in the in the tournament you're worried you're you're thinking about losing that game like that as a fan is how I think and that is how I think of all NCAA tournament games is somebody gets down eight ten points and the reality hits that you could be knocked out really early 
Yeah, I mean, I think basketball is a close second, but I just think with baseball, it's like, you know, one, you know, usually with basketball, one shot isn't going to win you the game. There's other things that lead up to it. Baseball, it's like literally one swing of the bat. Everything could change. Everything. Okay. So, it, I think basketball is a close second, but I think baseball, it's just the postseason, it's it's the most magnified. I think sports. I think the, the difference, the differences is, you know, we talked about college, but I, NBA, I would put in that, in that. Basketball in general. But what I'm saying, I think baseball having 162 games, you're going to lose, what do they say? You're going to lose 60, you're going to win 60. It's what you do in the, in the remaining of those games, those other 42 games, right? What's your record in those other 42 games? In the NBA, it's the same way. Like, if the season is so long that once the playoffs hit, now, also in NBA, it's all seven-game series. Whereas you're playing two out of three in the first round, then you're playing three out of five, and then it's four out of seven, four out of seven. So I think that has something to do with it as well. Well, and basically, the last thing about this is just the, the, the one game wild card series were absolutely insane oh. with baseball. It's like you, you made could, game seven. You, 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 could, you could win 100 games and you could it's, lose in the first round in one game. I mean, it's the, game one, seven. the one that we always go back to is the 2019, the Brewers. They literally led that game for the whole game, and then they lose in the eighth. They, they didn't lead for 10 minutes. Right. And then they were out. Their season was done. That yeah. was a team that we believe could have won the World Series. Yeah. So And they lost to the team that ended up getting the upset and winning the World Series. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, going on here, the NLCS, uh, Phillies, Padres. I think I'm going to go – I think I'm going to go with the Phillies. I think that to be a Philly sports fan, it's a, it, it's a really good time to be a Philly sports fan right now. You've got the 76ers that are watching them right now. They're starting up. Obviously, we'll get into them later. Uh, but they have a lot of, a lot of hope. Uh, the Eagles are 6-0, and and then you got the Phillies making a run in the playoffs. I think that there's a lot of good energy. I think Bryce Harper is going to carry them through this series, win the, the NLCS MVP. Um, and I think they have enough pitching that, that can help them down the line. You know, you got um, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola. Uh, they, ha they, have the, they have the pieces. It's just going to come down to if they can do it or not. Uh, I think it's going to be Padres-Astros um, with Astros winning it. We don't need to make World Series predictions yet. Just, just who's going to LCS. I said the Astros from the start, so you can piggyback on me now. Well, piggy, um, piggyback. But yeah, so that'll well, yeah, wrap up for baseball teams are here. Raising well, uh, that. That's why I don't talk baseball. Rays and Dodgers are both out. Yeah, Rays, Rays was a bold take. Uh, <laughs> we will go ahead. We'll move on to uh, to our college football. Week 7 of the college football season did not disappoint. Uh, we had an awesome slate of games. We had six ranked matchups, and then, of course, we had our Wisconsin Badgers as well. We'll get into that train wreck later. Uh, but first, I just got to give a shout-out. David Shaw, I put you on Axler last week. <laughs> hey, if that's what I have to do, you went in there. I, I believe it was at Notre Dame, too. Was, you went in there, you stunned football Jesus. You kicked some ass. It was not a stunt. Um, it was stunned. Stanford was, stinks. Oh Stanford stinks. Well, Notre Dame's got three losses already. Hey, hey, I picked Notre Dame to be the team that was unranked. So. Well, Notre Dame's not good, but shout-out to David Shaw. Right. Shout-out to David Shaw. Uh, you know, I put you on axe alert last week, said you've been laughed, and then you go out there and you put together a nice win at Notre Dame, so great job. Uh, another headline here, to get a round of applause here, Colorado finally got a win. Great for them, right? At, it's their first game after they fired their coach. Michael talked about it last week, all these teams that fired their coach got a win right after. Colorado joined the club. Uh, Hendon Hooker has moved into the Heisman favorite role uh, through seven weeks here. 
Um, and then just another thing out of the Big Ten, Illinois with another nice win over Minnesota. Chase Brown's really starting to get a little bit of attention as the running back there. Illinois, Brett Bielema, he's got them playing well. Yeah, I mean, he, he, knows, how to, he knows how to play in the Big Ten West, um, which is crazy because after last year, do you remember when he called out his whole offensive line? Yeah, he said, know? yeah, he's like, I didn't recruit these kids, they yeah, stink. Yeah, yeah. But so, he's got something cooking. They're bowl eligible. Yeah, six and one. Drive for six, they're there. Um, yeah, no, we had we had a, a wonderful, wonderful slate of games. Um, that two thirty slate, like, I've, dude, I was. I didn't really care about the Badger game. Before. I was. I was jump, paying attention to other ones. I was jumping around like I was into it. Like it was, it was crazy. I mean, is there any other headlines from the week that we missed other than the games that we picked? Because if we did, you could just move right into. No, I think I think that's really it. Um, Penn State, Michigan. Uh, Michigan was favored by seven. Um, I thought it was going to be closer. I did pick Penn State. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, Michigan ran it right down their throats all game long. Uh, Michigan ran the ball for... They had multiple guys over 130 yards, I believe. Michigan ran the ball for a 418 yards just right down Penn State's throat. Uh, I saw a little bit of this game at the beginning at work. Uh, Michigan came down, kicked a field goal, kicked another field goal. Um, Penn State wasn't doing anything. I looked probably 20 minutes later, Penn State's up 14-13. Texted a Michigan buddy of mine, and I'm like, what the hell happened? Oh, they had a pick six, and they had like a 50-yard run that, that led to a touchdown. Yeah, and just to build off of that, so I was, I, this was kind of the game I was watching that 11 o'clock slate a little bit until it got ugly, but... I would really describe it as Michigan was just playing with their food for a while. Yeah. I mean, so Penn State got up 14-13. Michigan had outgained them 224-89 to at that point. Yeah. There was one point, literally, where it was like Michigan had ran 29 plays to Penn State's 8. Sure. So Michigan was really just playing with their food. Then they did what they did. Like you said, they ran all over Penn State. Glad I took Michigan here. And you should have stuck to your instincts with James Franklin. They just don't deliver a big game. They do not. They definitely do not. And um, at one point, uh, Michigan had 13 first downs. Penn State had one. One, yeah. Like I said, they were just playing with their food. And I believe they were down 14 to 13 at that point still. Yeah, so yeah it, it, it was a 17 16. It, it was early. a weird, weird game. Yeah. But yeah, uh, they, Michigan took care of business. Mm, they definitely did. Blake Corum looked really good. Um, so, yeah, you know, Michigan definitely did their thing. Uh, Trace and Penzi both took Michigan. Myself and Rob took Penn State. Um, we took the L on that one. Um, next one, we had Alabama at Tennessee. Alabama favored by seven and a half. Everybody was on the Tennessee train. And wow, was that, that is college football right there. If you can give me that, that was an amazing game. Sure, the defense was a we, little we don't suspect. Need, we don't need defense. It, it was a little suspect, but... The, the play the the playmaking um, by both teams uh, was really impressive it it, find, it ended up uh, 52 49 Tennessee um, Tennessee got up to a 21 10 no 21-7 lead early um, it was 28 20 at at halftime was it at 28 10 at some point too it, like it might have been 28 10 yeah. yeah I think it was it was 28 10 and then all of a sudden, when I saw it was 35-34 Alabama, when they had taken the lead, 
I was like that. I think that was their run. I think that's you know Tennessee did what they um, you know came out and did what they did, but Alabama's just Alabama, and they weren't going to be able to hold them off. Um, they ended up coming back, making it 42-42. Then they had the fumble that was returned for a touchdown for Alabama, go up 49-42. Um, but Tennessee put it in the end zone again, got a missed field goal, and then uh, two long passes, basically got him in field goal range. And I still think that kick is blocked. That kick had to have been, or not blocked, but like tipped. Something. Right? Like, there's no way it turns out that it... That thing was knuckling all over the place. It looked like he kicked it on the top of the ball the way it was knuckling. Yeah, I just want to say you're welcome to everybody. I did say Tennessee was going to win this game outright. I did, I did call that. Um, I don't want to put these people in the clown club because I don't think it's worthy. I think it's awesome. But obviously the Tennessee fans took down the goalposts. Whatever. Uh, walked through it to the stadium, took it all the way to the bars, took it all to the Tennessee River. It's still floating in the Tennessee River. Uh, and then another one that I heard, there was a, there was a lady there who was ripping out the checkerboard of the end zone. She was ripping out a big old hunk of grass of the checkerboard. So that's uh, that's college football. If you don't like football, you should at least like college football it's, because, man, it, it, it's the best. Um, you know, I think in the NFL, home field advantage doesn't play as big of a part, but damn, I think college football it is so important. Uh, if this game's at Alabama, I don't know if Tennessee wins. I really don't I with, agree with, with, with falling falling back 35-34 like Michael said, but then also the the fumble recovered for a touchdown. Uh, but Tennessee just uh, Tennessee has a real case that they should be the number one ranked team in the country. They, yeah. they really do. I, yeah, no, I, I uh, it's it's they aren't because Georgia didn't lose and Ohio State didn't lose, but Tennessee has a legit case to be the number one team in the country, and I I, I think they should be. I, so I did a DK, right? I'm gonna do a college football DK. I like to do one for the for the 11 o'clock slate, 11 a.m. 2:30 slate, and then I also like to do one for the night slate. Uh, one of my picks was Jalen Hyatt, okay, wide receiver out of Tennessee. The number two wide receiver, by the number way. Number two, yeah, he has to be number one right now because their starting receiver Cedric Tillman, their best receiver, is out. Listen to the stat line: eight targets, six receptions, 207 yards. Five touchdowns. It's a good day at the office. He had, I think he had 57, 59, somewhere in that range. Earned his scholarship. Yeah, dude, he was lights out. Um, Hendon Hooker, uh, 21 of 30, 385, three touchdowns. It, it was fun to watch, and man, do they run offense quick. They are running plays probably in the 10-second range. Like it, it's crazy how quick they're running plays. Yeah, and I mean, and, it, and if you're not having success, that can hurt you. But when you're having success, that puts the defense on their heels big time. And I think that's why we saw so many uh, long touchdowns in that game. Yeah, and I mean, coverage breakdown. This game was just so important for this Tennessee program because let's say they flame out, they go nine three eight four something like it doesn't matter because twenty in twenty years, Hendon Hooker's going into a Tennessee bar. He's gonna have people recognize him and say, hey, like. I remember you from this game. That that was one of the best days of my life. Like he put Tennessee football officially back on the map with this game. Uh, obviously, Tennessee has a couple other big games. They still have Kentucky. They still have Georgia, and then potentially the SEC championship game. But I think they, I, is Georgia at home or is it at Georgia? Uh, I mean, I mean that's a that's a big one to look because I think if it's at home, they have a legit shot to beat Georgia. I, I think Tennessee is put themselves into that club right now with Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia as we can beat anybody. 
It's going to be at Georgia. Okay, so that does change things a little bit, but I think if they go in there and they, they even lose by a touchdown or 10 points, they, they still have to get in the conversation of the college football playoff. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was just what – I mean, there aren't too many you – know, I'm a big sports fan, obviously, but there aren't too many games that's got me jumping around – like pretending that I'm a coach, like call time, you know, doing things. Like I was so into that game. It was, it well, was awesome. I, I, I agree because I usually don't get into college football as much just because there's so many games and there's so many things to watch. It's like, okay, if I get up for every single game. But this was a game that I was more excited for this game than the Badger game, and it wasn't well, even close. Like, well, I, I mean, it's three versus six. I, like, I, I was so excited. I've always liked Tennessee. Uh, I really like Hendon Hooker. Like we said before, he's, he's moved into the Heisman, as a Heisman favorite right now if he continues his, mm -hmm. his stretch of good play. Um, but yeah, Tennessee as underdogs, I would I would bet a lot of money on that if I had. Yeah, uh, it was it like I said, phenomenal game. If you can go watch the highlights on YouTube, whatever, like that, that is college football at its finest right there. That's that's how good of the game that was. Um, next we had Oklahoma State at TCU. TCU favored by three and a half. Um, TCU does win in double overtime, 43-40. Uh, we had all picked Oklahoma State, but how this game went, um, Oklahoma State basically had a 24-7 lead, then a 30-16 lead. That was like with eight minutes to go, too. Yeah. Like it, it was in the fourth quarter. Yeah. This was just a typical like Oklahoma State game of why they don't get in the New York Six or why they don't get in the college football playoff. Every year with Mike Gundy, they're good, but it seems like every year they just have a game that they blow it. And this was, I think this was their blow-it game where, uh, you know, earlier in the day when I was looking in the morning, I took Kansas plus 10, Tennessee plus 9 I got, and I got Oklahoma State plus 5. Kansas was a push, the other two were covered, so I made some money there. But Oklahoma State, the whole game, yeah. I'm looking, I'm like, hey, I got this, I'm getting points, and then they blow it. I'm like, yeah. it, it gets to over, the second overtime, they kick a field goal. And then I finally feel I'm like, okay, I'm safe. Because even if TCU scores a touchdown, I'm going to cover with the plus five. But when they, they had to kick a 50-yard field goal, this kid's long was 49, and he drilled it. But kicking it, I'm like, dude, you have to make this. Because if they score a touchdown and you miss this, they don't cover. Yeah. So, I mean, just a really disappointing game roll call. That's why, that's why I don't best. <laughs> that's why I don't Just makes things a little more interesting. A little more in, Michael yeah, doesn't like living on the edge. No, I just, I hate, I hate front door covers and back door covers. It's just, they're bad beats. There's never a doubt. Never uh, a doubt. It's scary, but um, yeah, the, uh, TCU scored a touchdown, 9.22 to go, and a minute 57 to go to, to tie that game, send it in overtime, so um, you know, great win for TCU, still undefeated, so um, I Way think well. that, 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 that definitely puts them in the top 10. So. I think they're ranked 8 in the country now. Yep. I mean, yep. they, they earned it. Next we had Wisconsin at Michigan State Wisconsin favored by seven and a half. What happened in this one? It's kind of just the, it's a broken record right now for the Badgers. There's just inconsistency with the quarterback. They're they're running too much on first down. There's just they're they didn't they didn't mix it up as much as they did against Northwestern. Sure. Uh, and then like I said, a bunch of here. This this just isn't a Badger team that is good at the little things, and that's where they've been so good. They just get penalty after penalty after penalty, and yeah, yeah I mean that you. Even a bad Michigan State team, you're not going to beat them if you play if you play down their level. The Badgers are playing down to the bad teams' levels right now. Yeah, well, and that was the crazy thing too is <coughs> is uh, Wisconsin's Wisconsin's defensive backs they just 
basically made Michigan State. Oh, well, we said the secondary was their weakness going into the year. It is. We knew that. It is. They're young. They're young on defense. In the last, what, four or five years when the defense has been as strong as it is under Jim Leonard. Eight, eight new starters this year. Yeah. Like they, and you're they, missing Hunter Roller still. They, 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 they've they've had guys. They've had guys that you can plug and play. And they have talent, but it's just it's not what it used to be. Um, they're young, and I think the defense is going to get better um, and will continue to be decent in the next few years. Sometimes there's an off year because there's you know you you lose talent. Like I said, eight guys. Um, you know I really expected more out of Keanu Benton this year. Thought he was going to give them more. Um, re really, the only guys that are really giving them a lot are are uh, Latu, who wasn't even a starter at the beginning of the season, and Nick Herbert. Herbig, um, he he's he's a you know a great player, but he's undersized. So I think college is the extent of his success. But you know he's still a good college player. So I you know then they have two more guys that that uh, enter the transfer portal uh, on Monday. Which is it's fine. Just, it, it I, is. I mean Jim Leonard said that last week. He said, okay, if you're gonna be out, go because like we we want to get better with the guys that are all in here. Be here. Which I'm fine yeah. with. Yeah. Right, no, and I understand, and those aren't guys... And that's going to happen with the coaching change. Right, and those aren't guys that were were recruited uh, by Jim Leonard. Uh, I believe both those guys are on the offensive side. Wide receivers. Both, both are wide receivers. receivers. So, yeah, Jim Leonard's not recruiting those guys, you know, obviously as a defensive coordinator. So, um, I get it. I understand. It's, you know, it, 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 sucks to, um, it sucks to lose them, but that's, you know, it's kind of how it goes sometimes. Um, so next we had... Just real quick, are the Badgers going to make a bowl this year? Hold on, let me look at their schedule here. Obviously they have Nebraska left. They got Minnesota. Yeah, well Nebraska's playing better. Minnesota's... I mean, are they? They beat Rutgers 14-13. Well, I mean, they're winning games. They're better record-wise than Wisconsin is. Are they? Yeah. I think they might be the, the Big same. Ten. Well, the Big Ten, yeah. Um, so Wisconsin's remaining schedule is Purdue... Lost. Maryland, Lost. Iowa, Nebraska, Maybe. Minnesota, and they gotta win three of the five. I don't think they're making it. Sorry, they gotta, they gotta win. They gotta win three. I think they go five and seven or four and eight. Yeah, they they gotta win three to five. Um, well, I guess it depends. Maryland Tugalev to his brother is hurt. He reactivated his knee injury, so that's obviously a big loss for them. Sure, sure. So yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's probably not. Let's say that probably not. Write that down. We're putting them as not for uh, for making a making a bowl <laughs> this year, and and I think we picked them like ten and two to start. Yeah, we could have been more wrong about this team. Yeah, which hey, that's how it goes sometimes. We're not gonna hear about it much, but we were wrong. Yeah, uh, next we were wrong about the other Wisconsin football team too. <laughs> they stick. Next we had USC at Utah. <coughs> well, real quick about that other Wisconsin, I did say it was gonna be tough coming back from London. That is not why they lost. They just suck. <laughs> USC at Utah. Utah favored by three and a half. We get USC. Um, everybody picked USC. They covered, losing by one. Um, just another fun game. Utah. I watched, I watched the end of it. We, we know Utah's a good team, and I'm not surprised that this is the team that beat USC, gives Lincoln Riley's first loss. They have a good quarterback. They're well coached. They, they go into this game at, at home. 
Um, you know, and this is a game where they weren't the hunted. USC is always going to be the hunted. They were the underdog. Utah loves playing that underdog role, even though they were favored. But you get what I'm saying, right? They're a good team. I, I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. And and uh, <coughs> listen to this stat line: receiver, tight end. Jordan Addison got hurt in this game too, so that sure. that hurts USC obviously. Hundred percent does. Um, Dalton Kincaid, tight end. Had 15 receptions, 217 yards, and one touchdown. And who, where, who plays for Utah? Yeah, tight end. Yeah. yeah he, he had a great game. Um, love the fact that they go for score a touchdown under a minute, uh, down one. They ended up going for two. Get the get it. I mean, you're at home. You're Utah. Yeah, you're, 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 exactly. you're playing USC. You're playing exactly. the big dog. The team's probably got uh, you know, how much more money and booster money and just into the program. You're, you're Utah. Why not go for it? Right. Right. Live on the edge a little can, bit. Can you, can you beat them from the three, two or three yard line? You know? Yeah. That, that's, that's what it is. Can you get two or three yards? They did. They got the win. Um, so, congrats <coughs> to Utah in that game. Next, we had North Carolina State versus Syracuse. Syracuse favored by three and a half. Trace and I both took North Carolina State. Robin Pens took Syracuse. Do we do we want to put an asterisk by this game? No shit. No shit. Uh, when we made this pick, Devin Leary was still playing. Well, by Saturday he had a torn pectoral muscle and is out for the year. So I think if we both known that Devin right. Leary was out for the season, right. something probably would have changed a little bit. I agree. I agree. So. You're, you're going to give us a break on that one? I, I put an asterisk by okay, that one. Okay, so we're, we're putting an asterisk by that one. Um, yeah, Syracuse won 24-9. Not a lot to say about this game. Uh, they scored a late touchdown to make it 24-9 because it was 17-9, um, you know, late in the fourth. So 24-9 is a little bit more than what it truly was, but um, the fact that NC State had their backup quarterback in, it wasn't pretty. Um, and so... Syracuse 6-0. I mean, this is what Syracuse has done, though. They've, they've just won games ugly the whole year. Um, they've played a lot of home games, haven't really played a whole uh, a really tough schedule yet. So, hey, they're 6-0. and You're bowl eligible. That, that's something I think should always be highlighted at Syracuse because their football team isn't always the top you know, the top thing at the school. But you're 6-0. and You have a decent quarterback. You have a chance. But, uh, yeah, you, you haven't challenged yourselves a whole lot with your schedule. Yeah, no, agreed, and it is going to get tougher. Uh, we'll be talking about them in our in our preview because they do have Clemson uh, this week. Um, and then the last game was Mississippi State favored by six and a half at Kentucky. Will Levis did play, and I think you just—it's just showing that if Will Levis is out there in the field, he's a difference maker. Um, they ran the ball really well with Chris Rodriguez. Well, he got hurt again in this game, didn't he? Didn't he? Little bit of with his shoulder. Levis did. Yeah, Levis. that's who I'm talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, 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 Levis did. Um, but, but he ended up coming back um, and playing. So um, I think it was 27-17 was the final, I believe. Um, so Kentucky, like I said, they're they're a top 20 program, you know, and and they can they, – They win games with their defense, and then Will Levis is a good enough quarterback that he can get it down even hurt. Um, I think Mississippi State, they still have a good offense, but – that Kentucky defense makes a lot of SEC teams struggle when you think they shouldn't. Right, right. So, um, Rob was the only one to pick Kentucky in that game. Uh, myself, Trace, and Pence all take Mississippi State. Um, hey, shout out to Cody for getting your picks in this week, too. Yeah, right? yeah, Cody, both of them, man. Really, you go back to work, and then you can't even get your picks in. Yikes. 
Uh, so Rob and Penn's both go five and two. Rob's becoming a college football picking savant coming in lately. Uh, Tracy went four and three. Myself, hey, I was over five hundred. I'll take it. I was three and four. Um, so that puts record four and three, three and four with an asterisk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that put leaves Cody at nine and twelve. Rob is eleven and twelve. Um, eleven and twelve. Yeah, uh, eleven and twelve. Trace is twenty-one and nineteen. Hey. Pens is fifteen and thirteen, and I am in first at twenty-three and seventeen. I picked up a game this week. Twenty-three and seventeen. I, it, it was a good week. I made a little money. Picked up a game here. It was a good week. But uh, we'll move on to our picks right here for this week. First game, we've got Syracuse at Clemson. Clemson favored by 13 and a half. At Clemson's Death Valley. This is an, this is an 11 o'clocker. I, I love Clemson at that night game. Um, but they, they get the 11 o'clocker. Um, I, I think it's luck runs out for Syracuse. Um, it was up to 14 in the polls. 14, 14 versus 5. Um, my only fear is 13 and a half just seems a little too big. Um, Clemson's winning this game. I, I have no doubts about it. Um, I just, when I think about this game, I'm thinking 27-17, maybe 30-17. to 17. So the highest thing is 13. Um, so I'm going to go with Syracuse. To, to cover, if you're giving me 13 and a half, I'm going to cover. Um, so I'm going to take the points. Yeah, this is a tough one again, just because it is such a big spread. Uh, I'm ultimately going to go ahead and take Clemson. I'm going to take the big brother. Uh, I think DJU's really taking a step forward this year that Clemson needed to see to you know be a contender for the college football playoff. Syracuse has a nice quarterback in Schrader, uh, but you know watching a little bit of Syracuse football this year, it, it, it's a struggle at times, and I think that they're really going to struggle. Um, you know, going into going into Clemson at 11 a.m., that place should be rocking. Uh, you know, it's a top 15 matchup. Uh, I think that they're just going to struggle, and just the, the way that their offense works, I think it's going to be hard for them to score points. I don't know if they score more than two touchdowns, and I think Clemson puts up 30. Uh, next, we have UCLA at Oregon. Oregon favored by six and a half. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to ride DTR with this one. I think him getting basically a touchdown. Uh, I, I, I like him more than Bo Nix. It, it, we've talked about it with Oregon before. It's really just what Bo Nix shows up. Is it the Bo Nix that shows, throws you know four or five touchdowns, or is it the Bo Nix that throws three picks and has two completions through the first half? Good Bo it's, has been out you here lately. You don't, you don't know whatever you're going to get. Uh, it's a bigger game, and it, it, basically getting a touchdown. I think this is a close game, but I'm going to take UCLA with the points. Okay. Um... Gosh, that's these are these are tough ones to pick. Um, it was a tough week this week. It really was. Yeah, there was yeah. Some there, there, there's some there's some definitely some good games. Um, I think honestly, I would say that this is probably a three three and a half point game. Uh, but the fact of going into Autzen, now obviously Chip Kelly, head coach of UCLA, um, coached at Oregon. Um, so he's going to know, He's I think he's going to get his players ready for that game. Um, I do think Oregon squeaks it out. Six and a half just seems like a little bit too much. Um, I, I have a feeling that um, 
Oregon is going to be able to slow down um, UCLA's running game. I do, but I, I, I do think UCLA keeps it close, and I'm going to take UCLA as well. Well, this will be the game that since we both picked UCLA, they'll lay an egg. I mean, that's just what UCLA seems to do. Whenever everyone starts to get high on them, they, they crash and fall. But both taking UCLA? Yep. Purdue at Wisconsin. Wisconsin favored by two and a half. This is, I mean, this is my lock of the week. I'm taking Purdue with the points. Purdue's a better team. I think Aiden O'Connell's going to go out there and make the Badgers secondary look silly again. I can't pick, I, you know what, last time I picked against the Badgers, they proved me way wrong, proved me way wrong again, but I can't, I can't pick you guys. I can't pick the other Wisconsin sports team until I see some more right now, too. So I'm taking Purdue with the points. I think Aiden O'Connell is a big game. I think Jim Leonard is a very good coach. I do too. I think Jim Leonard's team just sucks. Is going to uh, <coughs> rally the troops from the tough loss, just like he rallied the troops after the uh, Illinois loss and Paul Chris was fired. I just don't know. Um, I'll just put this out there. Purdue was the team with the most votes outside the top 25, so they're basically ranked 26. Yeah. So they're a good team. Yeah. And I just, I don't understand why Wisconsin is the favorite. No, I, yeah, I have no clue. I just, I, it, like, it, I, I, that, that to me doesn't make sense. I, I just. I will be putting this game in a parlay with the points, I will. Because okay. I, I don't see it. Um, Prove me wrong. I, I don't know. There's something, I don't know if it's just the glasses that I watch the games through, the lenses that I'm watching the games through, but I'm, I'm going to. I'm gonna give the points and take Wisconsin at home. My my Badger my Badger glasses and my Packer glasses have big old cracks in them, so I'm not seeing the same light that you are anymore. Sure. Texas, a six and a half point road favorite against Oklahoma State. <coughs> Who you got? Yeah, uh, this is another line that don't really make sense to me. I really like Quinn Ewers in Texas. I think that they are getting better. They won a clunker last week, which is important for them at Iowa State. But like we said before, by the way, Iowa State, if you haven't heard the stat, they've lost, what, four games this year? By a combined total of 14 points. I mean, they, they could be undefeated right now. They really could. So Texas, yeah, they struggle in that Iowa State game, but I think that's a good win because Iowa State has played well. I like Texas and Quinn Ewers, but I'm going to take Oklahoma State at home. I think they bounced back from last week. Mike Gundy's a really good coach. He's been doing it for a long time. Uh, Spencer Shant, oh, God, not the hardened shimmy. You've got to hit him with the yeah, shimmy. just put it off the But uh, Spencer Sanders is a good quarterback. Oklahoma State, their offense was not the problem last week. I think they cover six and a half. I think they went out right as well. Yeah, um, I just I, I like a good defense. At home, and you giving me six and a half points. I, I, li I like all three of those, so for that reason, I'm going to take Oklahoma State. Next, we have Mississippi State at Alabama. Alabama favored by 21. That line is big. Mississippi State's defense is, is, is very good. Um, I really think Nick Saban is going to um, 
have his secondary figured out. I mean, that's what he coached uh, before he was a head coach. Was he was a uh, a secondary um, coach? Twenty one just seems like a lot. So I'm gonna take the points. I'm gonna take twenty one and just hope they lose by twenty or less. That, that's what I'm gonna take Mississippi State. Yeah, uh, another big line here. Uh, I, I think you know Mississippi State. We talked about them a little bit last week. Mike Leach is a good coach. Knows what he's doing offensively. Uh, I'm going to take Bama with this one though. I think Bryce Young looked good. Didn't really look like the shoulder bothering at all last week. Nick Saban is going to get the penalties cleaned up. He can't deal with that. Uh, and then they're going to get their defense figured out as well, just because they aren't going to be giving up 52 points again. So. I think they win this game. I think they put up 40 points again. I think Bryce Young is just, he's such a good quarterback that they're going to be able to score. I'm going to take Alabama, minus 21. Yeah, I think I'm calling an audible right now. What? I think I'm calling an audible. What? I think I'm calling an of course, I'm, I'm calling listens an to me talk. Yeah, I, I'm calling an audible. <coughs> Just want to put this out there. If he if he wins, if Alabama covers, he gets half a point. <laughs> no, that, that is that's, not true. That's BS. I can call an audible if I remember. Want. I always I always piggyback off of him though. Remember I can that. call an audible if I want. Some bullshit. You know what? F you. I'm taking Mississippi State. Good. Trace is taking Alabama. Good. You call audible. I call timeout. So no way. <laughs> Ice the kicker, right? Yep. Next, we've got Kansas State at TCU. TCU favored by three and a half. So another big game for TCU. This is Kansas game day. Uh, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. And now Oklahoma. Kansas State. Back to back to back. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to take TCU with this one. I think Sonny Dykes is a good coach. He's got Max Duggan playing well. I think last week was a little bit of a, a wake-up call for them. It was a big win for them as well. Um, but I think it's just a wake-up call saying, hey, yeah, we're good, but, I mean, we can we can get down to anybody. Yeah. Um, Kansas State obviously had a big win at Oklahoma, but Oklahoma isn't as good as what they everybody thought they were at the start of the year. Kind of what we predicted as well. We thought Oklahoma would take a little bit step back. But anyways, Kansas State's a good team, but I think TCU offensively is it, just a lot better than Kansas State. Uh, so I'm going to take TCU. I think they win by 7 to 10 points. Okay. I, I'm going to take TCU. My, my fear is what I just said is uh, the third straight top 25 matchup. Yeah, I, I, I think this focused them, though. Getting down to getting down to Oklahoma State is an emotional victory for them. I think this I just sometimes I mean, you, 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 beat, you beat Kansas with game day, um, and, and now... You know, you beat Oklahoma State the way you did. And now this game, that sometimes, my question is, is where is their emotional tank? You know, is it empty? That's my fear. I'm still going to go with TCU. Um, three and a half isn't a ton. Um, so I think they can win it, you know, 34, 30, 34, 27. Um, so I'll, I'll stick with TCU. I would just like to point out too. Here's an impromptu uh, a clown club nomination. TCU, your uniforms last week, awful. Had red on them. You wanna know why they had red on them? Because when horn frogs get really pissed off, I guess they bleed out of their eyes. They look awful. Terrible uniforms. So TCU, you you made the clown. Whoever your equipment manager is, you made the clown club. <laughs> Who the hell made that call? That was stupid. <laughs> I think that's it for college football. All right. So that wraps up our picture this week. Should be a really another good week. Uh, back to back weeks with a lot of ranked uh, matchups. So 
yeah, looking forward to it, and we'll move in here. We'll move into a little bit of an NBA preview. So the NBA season is officially underway. Uh, Michael and I are sitting down here in his basement bar uh, watching the, the first game of the year, the Celtics and the 76ers uh, tip off here. We got later on today, we have the Warriors and the Lakers. Lakers. Uh, of course the Lakers. Uh, but real quick, we'll just go ahead and we'll wrap up through the offseason here. Uh, obviously, one of the big stories was the, the, the drama in Brooklyn with Kevin Durant requesting a trade, Kyrie wanting out, neither of them getting moved. Uh, you know, Brooklyn's going to be an interesting team this year. Obviously, Kevin Durant's always going to be good. Kyrie, it's just how much is he going to be on the court. But then that, that really big question mark for them is it's going to be Ben Simmons. Um, he's been a multiple-time All-Star. He, I think in, in, uh, in Brooklyn here, he doesn't have to, you know, be that scoring type. He can just be that defender, that, uh, you know, kind of that point forward for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, create some opportunities for, for Kyrie to come off some screens and KD as well. But, um... The Kevin Durant trade saga, Kyrie was obviously a big thing. Um, Robert Sarver and all his workplace misconduct in Phoenix, that's a big story. Uh, he's now looking into selling the team, so obviously that was something big that happened. And then recently we had the Draymond Green punch and all that talk in the Warriors. Uh, but then also the Celtics, as we're watching them right now, they had the Udoka scandal with the, you know, the consensual relationship with the staffer. Uh, then another thing that has kind of been forgot about is the Utah really tearing tearing things down, yeah. uh, completely going to rebuild, uh, shipping off Gobert to Minnesota, which we can get into later. Donovan Mitchell going to Cleveland, so uh, just kind of some interesting things right there. But um, you know, looking at uh, just where some players went, obviously we had Jalen Brunson was one of the bigger free agent signings. He's now in New York, left <laughs> Dallas. Um, it wasn't a whole big free agent uh, class yeah, yeah, this yeah. year. Um, Zion Williamson's back healthy. Uh, could be a big thing for the Pelicans. John Morant got a big extension. Darius Garland, Tyler Hero. All guys who got big extensions. Um, Nikola Jokic got the two-time MVP. He got extended as well. Uh, Devin Booker got extended. Carl Anthony Townsend got extended. So a lot of guys that were kind of wondering what their future was going to be, they get extended. Um, and then DeAndre Ayton got extended as well, who doesn't really seem like he wants to be in Phoenix. Sure. Uh, but... <laughs> And Phoenix doesn't really want him either. So, kind of an interesting thing. Uh, just some guys who were in contract years. Chris Middleton's in a contact, contract year, kind of, for the Bucks. He's a player option. He'll probably opt into it. It's a $40 million. And he's going to start on the, start the year on the injured end yep. of this. We'll get in the Bucks later. But I think the biggest contract year right now is D'Angelo Russell. Uh, he's in. He's making $31 million this year. He's a good player. Not a number one, but a really good two or three. Um so we'll see how that works out. And an under-the-radar trade that people haven't talked about as much because it happened earlier, but Malcolm Brogdon, if he can stay healthy, that could that could really help that Celtics team. Obviously, it was a buck. We watched him for a couple of years. Good shooter, good defender, just a really good basketball player. So, I mean, Michael, any other headlines that you can think of? Uh, no, I, you know, a couple of things that I want to go. You know, Malcolm Brogdon, it's really just going to be how his hamstring. Like, he just can't stay healthy. Um, it, that That's that's one. Um don't understand the uh, trade on the T Wolf side. Basically, Carl Anthony Towns is going to have to move to the four. Which, I mean, we know he can shoot it. I mean, he won the three well, point right, contest well, last year. No, I get that. But how effective is, like, I feel like his best asset was, you know, going against other fives and being being a problem against other fives. Is he going to be a problem against other fours who are more athletic? 
I don't think I don't think as much, and he wasn't a great rim protector either. He didn't really put a lot of effort into the defense, no, I, so they're I, probably hoping that this will help them defensively more than anything. I get that, and Rudy Gobert does not command the ball. Like he he does not need the He's ball. He's a rebound and putback guy. He 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 is. So I that that is a good fit, um, but I just I don't know. Like with with Aunt D'Angelo Russell, um, Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards. And then also, um, Carl Anthony Towns, I just, I mean, that puts him on the map. I just don't know if there's, if there's enough ball to go around. But, I mean, you could say that about a lot of teams. You know, there's a lot of teams that are going to be, is there going to be enough ball to go around? Yeah, you know, the T-Wolves are an interesting team. They got back to the playoffs last year. I just think that these guys are pros. They'll figure it out. They'll, they'll figure out how to get that ball going around, you know. I mean, D'Angelo's going to bring it up most of the time anyway, so he's going to have the ball there. Anthony Edwards is going to run a lot of screens for him and just ISOs. And then Towns, I mean, with him as a four, you could run a lot of pick and pops with him. Yeah. And so I, I I, think that they'll be able to figure that out. I mean, they, they have to have a plan because they're going all in. Right. Right? They went all in with this, and we'll see what happens. I just don't understand. If you, if you, you know, pick and, and pop or pick and roll with, with, with Towns, your advantage is whoever's setting that screen, you know, whoever's going to be – defending that screen if they're switching that his advantage is going to be in the post correct like he's not getting around smaller guards or even smaller fours but if they do switch and he pops well, there I, isn't a lot of hand I, in his face to shoot i get the pop i'm talking about if you're then going in the post where is gobert he's probably just gonna slide out i, mean, I, I get that but that, that's not where gobert gobert doesn't help you on the perimeter gobert helps you in the post rim running he helps you on the offensive boards. Well, I mean, but if they get the matchup they want, they throw Towns in the post and Gobert slides off for possession. It's not the end of the world. You're, well, you're, you're going to be able to get matchups with this. That's what it's going to do. But, the, but what I'm They're saying not is do it every possession. there's going to be more run for Towns <coughs> than there is going to be for Gobert. Yeah, I mean, that's that's their guy. Towns is no, their I, guy. No, I, I so get it. I, just, I, I don't know how much those two are, how good those two are going to be on the floor together. We'll find out. I mean, they, and who's, they got to have a And who is... Who is Towns guarding on defense? Who is he guarding on the perimeter? The, the what fours are he guarding? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but what I'm, the, I'm the, sure they have a plan. Carl no, I, Towns is pretty athletic. I, you just told me he's not a rim protector because of his lack of effort. He's not a rim protector, but that doesn't mean he's not athletic. He can't he's guard slow. somebody on the he's perimeter. Slow. He's not slow. He's slow. He's, 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 he's slow, and he can handle it against fives, but who's he going to guard as a four? The NBA doesn't really care about defense, so it doesn't really they, it, it was an it was an offensive minded trade, and the help protect the rim. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, obviously, the West favorites are the Warriors. They're the defending champs. Uh, they did lose some role players, and you know Gary Payton was a big one that they lost. Um, but Wanchiscano Anderson. Yep. <laughs> when you when when you look at what they have coming back, you know you get James Wiseman if he's healthy this year. That could be a big pickup. Uh, you know Jonathan Kuminga's coming off years, the bench. Basically? Uh, yeah, basically one and a half. I or think it was. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, Jonathan Kaminga's a guy they're high on. They just paid uh, Kevon Looney again. They just paid Jordan Poole. They also paid Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins. So I think it's kind of a changing of the guard that it's coming. Mm-hmm. That, you know, they're investing that Poole and Wiggins are going to be their guys in the future. So right. the Warriors are kind of in a weird place right now, but they still have Steph Curry. They still have Klay Thompson. They still have Draymond Green. They still have that core of that championship. That they're, they're just making investments for long term. Yeah, right. No, I can they're, they're, they're obviously, you know, a, a team to watch. Um, L.A. Lakers, um, 
I don't need to spend a lot of time on them. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I... This is a time of year when everybody gets hyped up and in 10 I games, just, it's like, what's wrong with the Lakers? They're old and they're not that good. Right, right. They're, their best player um, is is LeBron, but how their season goes is, is Anthony Davis. Yeah. Yep. It, you, like, you know what you're going to get from LeBron, and that's even dwindling. You know, I mean, he was an amazing talent. The dude's 38, 39 years old. I mean, it's incredible what LeBron's doing. Still it is. playing at the level he is. It but is. I, I agree. Anthony Davis is so much important for them if he can stay healthy. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they are with a new coach, Darvin Ham, obviously the, the Bucks assistant who was very well respected. But the Lakers are old. It's just Dennis Schroeder's already hurt, so that doesn't help them. Um, you know, they, they battle the injury bug a lot, so we'll see what the Lakers Westbrook's do. coming off the bench? Yeah. That, yeah, that, that, that's going to be weird. I think, I think the East has overtaken the West in the NBA. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bucks, we'll, the Celtics. We'll talk about that real quick. Other, the other favorites in the West, the Clippers, if they could, if they could, Kawhi's yeah. back, so if they can stay Paul healthy, George. Paul George can stay healthy. The Clippers are probably the top team to go against the Warriors this year as long as everybody stays healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Suns, they have everybody back from a 61 team minus Jay Crowder. He wants out. John Horst, you should hit that up. Uh, then some other West teams, the Mavs. You know who's going to help Luca? Luca took him to a to a conference finals Christian last Wood. year. You know they uh, traded for Christian Wood. Yep. So we'll we'll see what the Mavs do there. The Nuggets, if more Murray and Porter can come back healthy, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray. Uh, Jamal Murray was out the whole year last year. Uh, so we'll see. And then the Grizzlies, can they build off the run that they had last year? Uh, Desmond Bain's a big, big player for them. We know what we're going to get from John Jackson. Uh, Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain. Dylan so, Brooks. Well, they have talent. We'll, we'll see what the Grizzlies can do. But uh, moving over to the East, I mean, the East, the, the first one they start with a favorite, as a favorite, because they won the East last year, is the Celtics. But I think the thing with the Celtics, there's a lot of drama going on there right now. So who knows what's going to happen with the Celtics. They're either going to you know rise above it and play really well again, but we got to remember this was a team that threw like 50 games last year was 500. They just got really yeah. hot at the right, right. time. Um, and then obviously the Bucks, The Bucks that we both, I mean, at least I believe that if Chris Middleton doesn't get hurt last I year, I think they're in the finals and I, I think they would, I think they have a good chance of winning. So I think when it comes to the Bucks, it's just staying, keeping your core guys healthy. Brooke Lopez played 12 games last year. Uh, keeping a seven footer with all that weight and all those miles on his legs healthy is hard. Uh, Pat Connaughton's already out to start the year, and then Chris Middleton's out to start the year as well. So we might not see the Bucks get out to a super hot start. You know, you might see them, you know, ten and seven through their first seventeen or something like that. But overall, long term, the Bucks are the Bucks have learned their lesson that we don't need to win sixty games anymore. Right. They don't need we to don't have to do that. Seed. Get the four seed. Get the five seed. Preferably the four, so you have home court through the first series. But they've this this core has been there, done that. They've won game. Five of the NBA Finals on the road. They've closed out Game Six of the NBA Finals at home. They've won Game Seven in Brooklyn to get to the Conference Finals. They've won Game Six in Atlanta yep. in the Conference Finals. So they've been there, done that. So get healthy, play well at the right time. The Bucks are gonna have a really good chance. And five years ago, I think it would have been crazy to say that the Bucks were the team that you should probably be most excited about in terms of winning a championship in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah. But the cool thing is, is that with, with the Bucks coming up, you know when. <clears throat> the new ownership group came in. Their whole thing was own the future, own the future, and then they did. You know, and the Bucks were so long. We're just it's the Bucks. They, yeah. Nothing's ever gonna yeah. happen. But they're, to they're, see them they're build, cachet and, now. They're it's, cachet. It, it's they're... awesome to see, and I couldn't be more more happy about it. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, another favorite in the East is the Heat. The thing that just worries about me, the Heat, is they're 
their core players are old. You know, Jimmy Butler's getting up there in age, but then you have Kyle Lowry. Uh, P.J. Tucker is gone. He's a member of the 76ers, but, you know, Bam kind of shrunk in the playoffs a little bit when they needed him last year. Tyler Hero, another Wisconsin native, got a huge uh, huge contract extension, but he doesn't really want to come off the bench anymore. Uh, so Duncan it, Robinson, he's done nothing. nothing. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, Duncan Robinson contract, has, has, yeah. not, has not turned out. They like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Strauss. They like Max Strauss more more than Robinson now. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so the Heat are gonna contend. I mean they're they're a good team, but we'll just see if the if the bodies can hold up and then Eric Spolster's a good coach as well. Yep. Um the other other East teams that are notable, the 76ers, you know, what what comes out of them, I think we know what we're gonna get from Embiid as long as he's healthy, but what James Harden are we getting? You know, are we it, it's not the James Harden from Houston anymore. But are we getting the seventy sixers James Harden that played pretty well? Or are we getting the Nets James Harden that just didn't click in Brooklyn? Yeah, and it, they, they do have role players. I like Tobias Harris, um, P.J. Tucker brings some defensively. Tobias Harris, but probably not for the contract he's on. I mean, that, that contract is huge, but he is a, he is a really he's a good player in the NBA. He, he gives him. I, I do like Tyrese Maxey. Um, you know, I think he the second best Tyrese in the league. Yes, yes. There, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, the Cavs. Yeah, I have them down as well. I, I, I do like what the Cavs uh, <coughs> did the trade getting Donovan Mitchell, so having uh, Colin Sexton, uh, Donovan Mitchell, and um, uh, Big Mobley. Mobley. Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley. Like, I think that is a, a really good core. Um, you know, they have other guys that, you know, role players that need to kind of step into those roles. You know, still got a veteran in, in Kevin Love there. Um, you know, a good a good team. Why do you think in the NBA that like division titles just don't really mean anything? You know, every other sport, it's like you win your division, it's kind of cool. Why why in the NBA do, does nobody really care if you win your division? Do you think it's just because it has nothing really to do with the playoffs? I was just I was just exactly say that it means it means nothing. You could win your division, and it could be the worst division. You could be a six seed. It doesn't put you as a three seed and you get a home court advantage. It doesn't mean anything. It, it, I mean, it, do you think they should just get rid of them then? I mean, what, I, I, what, what's the purpose of it? It's honestly, just because you, you're the best around your area? Honestly, the divisions mean who you're playing more. You know, you're going to play your division four times. You're going to play the rest of the East three times. You're going to play the West twice. That's basically... But again, it. it's pretty much just for geographical yeah. reasons yeah. more than anything. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, and then obviously, uh, you know, we don't expect the Indiana Pacers to be very good at all. Uh, but a cool thing is happening there. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton from a little old Oshkosh, Wisconsin, is pretty much the face of their franchise now. Uh, you know, just he's a really good basketball player. I've been watching him since he was, you know, fourth grade. Fourth grade. Yeah, I, yeah. I was scrimmaging him in practices and stuff like that. So uh, we'll we'll definitely keep just kind of updated on Tyrese and what he's doing. But. Um, you know, I think out of the East, I'm going to go with the Bucks. I think, I think as long as they stay healthy, they have the best roster. They built, they built such a good bench there. Um, you know, you have such a good core with with Portis and Giannis and Middleton, and then you have Connaughton coming off the bench. And um, you know, Grayson Allen's a guy that nobody talks about him when he shoots well, but everybody's blowing up when he doesn't shoot well. But dude shot 41% from three last year. That's all they need him to do. Hit threes and maybe play, you know, some decent defense. But you're aware that, of why people do that, that position. Right? Well, it's not just Grayson Allen though. It, Dante DiVincenzo was the same thing. He could have a night where he was five to six from three. Nobody says a word. Nobody blinks an eye. But then he's zero for seven the next game, and everybody's oh, he sucks. We should trade him. Blah blah. blah. 
that position for the Bucks is just weird because it's you know it's your fifth scorer out there. Yeah. So you don't need him to chip in 20 points. So when he does, you know everybody's like, yeah, he scored 20 points, but. People are more pissed. They're like, "Why is he starting? He scored three points. He's the fifth scorer on the floor. Right. They need they need that three point shooting to spread the floor, though. That's I, you know. <coughs> but like you said, you give me forty one percent. I think the problem was is with Grayson. I think it's somewhat of a feast or famine. Like he's going to have a six for six night or or a six for eight night, or he's going to have a, a two for twelve night, and that's where you just want to see more consistency. You'd rather see more two for fives. Than you would a five for six and an zero for eight type night. I I just think that he he's in the toughest spot. Like I think that position for the Bucks is just the hardest spot because everybody thinks well everybody else is doing this so why aren't you? But it's like yeah. that's that's not what he's on the team to do. And Wisconsin fans hate him. Yeah, I mean you know, if he brings home a championship, they probably won't hate him as much anymore. Yeah, but. well you know with Wisconsin <clears throat> fans are salty that they lost to Duke in the national championship because of Grayson Allen. That's that's got a lot of that's got a lot of clout. That that means a lot. Um, but George Hill, I don't know about him. No, I, it, Javon Carter needs to play more minutes than George Hill. George Hill, I feel like, is just a guy that they have for depth. Just on the nights where okay, blank, blank, blank are out. George Hill's gonna get the start. He's a veteran. He's been in the locker room. The you know yeah. Giannis is comfortable with him. Chris is comfortable with him, but. Javon Carter needs to play more minutes yeah. than George Hill. I mean, right. flat out. George, he's on the you know he's on the 18th hole of his career. It's about time. Agreed. Why why Javon Carter wasn't picked over him in the playoffs last year puzzles a lot of people. George Hill was a lot of trade talk, just kind of a, a chip to throw away. But they kept him. I don't want to hear about. <clears throat> ooh, we got a little fight here. A little skirmish. Okay. I don't want to hear about when he goes out there and doesn't play well that everybody's blown up. But like that's that's not his role in the team. Now, if he's going out there and playing 25 minutes and he's 0 for 6 or you know his plus minus is minus 25, then yeah, you you can bitch. But I think it's more to bitch at Budenholzer than anything because it's it's just not who George Hill is anymore. Right. The thing I like about Carter is I like the fact that he is going to get up and try and guard you. Well, and he's, a, he's an improved three-point shooter as well. He is. He is. He's gotten he's gotten a much better <coughs> shot. Um, you know, he basically um, you, you, he's he's out there to hound you on defense to be a pest, right? He's out there to be a pest and to hit open shots if if you need him to. That's what he's there to do. He's there to run the offense, um, not be a focal point. Um, and you, the the really the only accusation. That they that they got this year um, was Joe Ingles. I was just going to talk about that. He he's a big. I mean, he's coming off an ACL surgery, so he's not going to play right away. But if he can come out when he comes back and just hit the threes like he does, play good defense, be kind of that off a of bench spark, that could be a big thing for them. Yeah. Uh, Wesley Matthews is a good player for them on a minimum veteran minimum contract, so he's going to play well. And then a player that's always kind of questionable is Jordan Nora. If he can figure it out defensively, he could be a key rotation player because man, he can score, he can shoot it. But he's just so bad defensively. Yeah, he's got to give you more on defense. And I think, I'm not even going to try, Nishkavili? So just say Sandro. Sandro. Yep. I think he can give you some minutes. Hey, he's a big dude. I think he can give you some minutes. He can stretch the floor. Um, if he gets into his niche and if he starts being successful against the second team, then that that's obviously a bonus. That can be some... You know, we're not talking, this isn't the playoff roster, right? We're not talking the playoff guys. We're talking guys that can help you win games and keep Giannis healthy, 
and and his load management down, yeah. right? And I, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of Marjan Beauchamp in big games. I mean, they, they picked him and said he was more of kind of a project, but he could be going out there for three, four minutes playing good defense. Uh, you know, he's supposed to be a 3 D guy, not a great three-point shooter yet, but just a guy that you could trust defensively He's a freak athlete. So, yeah, you know, we're excited about the Bucs. Uh, you know, we don't watch a whole lot of NBA basketball. I, I definitely watch it when they're on the prime time, but, again, opening up the Valley Sports app is just painful. It's the worst. They, uh, they, are, they, they might be the president of oh the Clowns Club, Valley Sports. Tweet Valley Sports, my God. Um, but, yeah, the Bucks should be exciting. I think in the West, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Clippers. I think if Kawhi stays healthy, I think that, that that's a team that Tyron Lue's been there before. He's a good coach. I think the Clippers are my team in the West. I think that the Warriors doing it again is just, they've done it, but it's hard, and it just depends if they can stay healthy as well. Sure. Nope, totally understand. Um, I, I think I think Bucks, um, they're, you know, my favorites in the East. Um, you know, obviously, I, I think it's like the NL, like we said, where there's, you know, four legitimate teams that can make the... Uh, there's no cracks in my uh, Bucks glasses. Right. No cracks. Not yet. Not yet. Um, you know, and in the West, uh, I think Denver is going to be a sleeper. I, I really do. Yeah, I it think. just depends how Jamal Murray and Porter and, come back. Yeah, and you know, you have a two-time MVP. Um, I, I think it's really just what you've got in Murray and Murray and Porter. Yeah, so we probably won't talk, you know, NBA every episode here, but we'll definitely give some box updates. We'll give some Tyrese updates and how he's doing in Indiana. We want to see him flourish. But, uh, yeah, I think that kind of wraps up our, our NBA talk here. And that'll also wrap up the episode. So, you know, send us your college football picks. Uh, you know what, if you want, send us your NBA picks and who's going to get to the finals. You don't got to say who wins. Tell us, let us know who you think is going to get there. And then uh, send it to our email, send it to Michael or I, and we'll, uh, we'll wrap up this episode. So... Appreciate the ears. Make sure to check out our NFL episode this week as well.